0: Hi, friends, and welcome to Sides Podcast. I'm Paul T. Carney. Our guest today is Gil Reyes, uh, theatrical director and producer, co-founder and co-artistic director of Theater 502. Uh, His resume is a lot longer than that, but I'll let him talk about some of the highlights today. Uh, But I want to welcome you to this conversation with Gil Reyes. Really quickly, just some housekeeping. We are up on Stitcher. We are up on iTunes. So I can't say yet... Get this podcast wherever podcasts are found, but we're trying to expand that. Uh, so check us out. Also check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Um, anyway, without further ado, here's my conversation with Gil Reyes. Okay, so there aren't FCC rules. There aren't. Huh. I well, know. Cool. Not yet. Not yet, exactly. We, have, we still have the free and unregulated internet, for theoretically, the moment for the right. moment. <laughs> okay
1: we shouldn't start there though I don't think no we, <laughs> be, we won't get downer
0: um, I was coming into today actually last night I get into a panic before I have to talk to somebody trying to assemble my questions and um, also just trying to remember what I think I know about that person yeah but I was trying to remember when we first 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 met I know the circumstances um, but it was on your film yeah which has been how many years
1: now um, 20, it was 1997, 19, no, it was 98. It was 1998. So almost, yeah. When you, yeah. When you started the, the project. Summer of 20, yeah. Well, when we started filming. No. Yeah, it was that summer. How does summer of 2002 sound? That, that sounds that sound better? Okay, yeah. That sounds okay, great. Well, let's go with that. I we'll think go that's with
0: that. right. We'll, we'll check the, the back of the, of the DVD box oh, and yeah. see what it says on there. Um, <laughs> and to let everybody know that was your, your movie, Fake ID. Yeah, mine and Stuart Perlmutter's. Stuart Perlmutter. Hmm. Hi, -hmm. Stu, wherever you are. (laughs) And you were writer, producer, director on that, yeah?
1: Yeah, all of the above, and Stuart was writer, producer, actor on that. Yeah, we started working on that, um, I guess, his senior year of college, and I had just finished college, and we Mm -hmm. started writing that script back and forth. And it was, you know, more or less based on... um, summer of 97 which is where that number must have come from in my head gotcha. and uh and then um trying to turn that into a magical realist kind of world
0: but sort of the uh, the classic you know based on a true story kind yeah, of situation Inspired El- elements they inspire yeah by, yeah um so but I've, I've known you about that long we'll start with really basic stuff you were from louisville um ish Ish. Yeah. I or, say I'm from Louisville. But you were born... I was born in
1: Montana. Mont... see, Right there. I did. <laughs> right there. You didn't know that. Well, I mean, we lived there for maybe a year and a half. Mm-hmm. When I... After I was born, my dad was in the Air Force. He was mm-hmm. an Air Force cop. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, and they, they were up there and then they... I, my parents just got restless mm-hmm. and we lived... I actually never went to one school for more than two years before I moved to Louisville. So mm-hmm. that's why I say... Yeah, I'm from Louisville. It's the place where I, if I have roots, they're here.
0: Mm-hmm. So the classic kind of questions come up, you know, one, do you think that that sort of gave you an ability to restart or be able to walk into any circumstance and kind of know how to work your way in?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, or at least so it really well.
0: It's really interesting that,
1: that, that we've landed on this because this is a very present um, conversation with me right now. Mm hmm. Because I did, for the longest time, I always said, yeah, so I can show up, make friends, you know, integrate myself into a situation. And what I've learned is while that is true, I also have a timeline in the back of my head that doesn't uh, lend itself to longevity in those relationships. That I can go in and integrate myself and be fast friends, but... It's harder for me to become long-term friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's only that's something I've only realized now that I've been in Louisville ten years since the kidney transplant. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if we'll talk about that, but you know that's one of those milestones in my life that changed things around. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I planned to go to grad school. Mm-hmm. You know, and the kidney transplant happened, and I found myself here and working. Mm-hmm. And now I've had these three distinct jobs. Three different fields and just feel a little restless, I guess. So that's uh, that's my initial thought about. And, and the other thing is that I don't have... So I can't make... <laughs> that's funny. I can't make long-term friends. But no, that's not what I mean. Well, you, um,
0: <laughs> you've got that built in. Oh, no more than two years. That's right.
1: Two years. Mm. That was nice. Thanks a lot. But I also just don't have a lot of those people in my life who knew me when mm-hmm. and can say, you know, this is this is so you, I don't know, right? This is so Um, Mm Gil. But can can speak to my timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Or who I was as a kid.
0: So after Montana. Minnesota,
1: Alabama, um, Texas, San Antonio, Texas, Springfield, Missouri, and here once before, and Mm -hmm. then here again. Mm -hmm. Like I said, they were restless people. Mm -hmm. I think all of those places were places where there was some family mm-hmm. on one side or the other mm-hmm. except for Missouri mm-hmm. which the, the thought was that's in between family <laughs> so we can visit but not see them a lot
0: so you finally wound up in Louisville about what age
1: that would have been whatever age you start your freshman year of high school what's that like Fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So right around fourteen.
0: Okay, so you got here just in time so that when people asked you where'd you go to school? Yeah, you I, had can, that nailed.
1: I can answer. Yeah. <clears throat> Except people tell me where they went to school when I really have no idea what that means about them.
0: Uh, so where'd you go to school?
1: I went to Kentucky Country Day.
0: Oh, okay. That's nice. I only say that because <clears throat> That always sounds so nice, you know, when you when somebody goes to it. With country in the word. Oh, yeah. Country. Yeah. I just imagine, like, school out in the open fields. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Out in the wilderness,
1: children learning in the fields. Um, and it's a day. It's not a school. It's a day. Doesn't that sound lovely?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is that where your connection to... Performing and in, in theater and all that started or was that something that had already kind of kicked in before that?
1: Yeah, that'd been something that I had dabbled in and played with for a very long time actually Um in, in weird <clears throat> small little ways, you know mm-hmm. um, When we lived in San Antonio, I don't know how this came about exactly I was in first grade and I remember now two things that we did one was like a runway model thing at like a macy's or jc or something like that and i mean yeah and i'm in first grade and i'm wearing this weird little like gray um yeah i don't i don't these with these things you remember gray button down in this cloth red tie and i know because they let me keep it We did that, and then we went and we were extras in a movie, my whole family, extras Mm -hmm. in a movie for two days at the San Antonio Zoo. You know, one of those hallmark kind of, you know, made-for-TV films. So I must have expressed some interest to my parents Mm -hmm. in those things Mm -hmm. at that time, and then I was involved in a lot of it in Springfield. Mm -hmm. as well. So
0: do you remember a moment like once you got into it? Because I'm assuming once you were in high school, and you started doing theater, was it in that period, though, where you thought, I like this, I want to, I want to keep doing this?
1: Most of it, I think a lot of it was gradual. Mm -hmm. I remember one instance in high school, I remember that we had had a theater teacher, my sophomore and junior year, who then left. And I mean, I, I wasn't even particularly close to him. I don't think I could remember his name. But like, I was fired up to do stuff all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. And so I started a little student theater group and ran that. And that was the first time I directed a show because why not? Of course, Mm -hmm. of course Mm -hmm. I can do that. Yeah, (laughs) totally (laughs) move over there. (laughs) Right. That's all it is. So, um, so I think that that was when I took it on as a responsibility or, um, as something more than just a pastime.
0: It, It sounds like the directing thing started as a, well, I'm going to start this thing and somebody has to direct. So I guess I'll do it. Yep. Because I know you don't, you don't perform a lot. No. Occasional award-winning story for the moth or something like that. But (laughs) uh, was that sort of clearly early on a thing in terms of, yeah, I I like acting okay, but I like guiding the process more.
1: Yeah. And, and that came about during college really, Mm -hmm. because I did both Mm -hmm. a lot. Actually, I would dabble in a little bit of all of it, you know, Mm. I'd help. With set stuff, I, mm-hmm. you know, whatever was going on. But you know, I had to pick a, I had to pick a focus in college, and directing felt a little bit more natural. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't always voice why, but exactly what you said, because I could oversee the vision mm-hmm. became the became the thing that mm-hmm. I wanted to do.
0: Did your folks see this turn? Did they see that in you and encourage that in you, or was it just what you did on your mm-hmm. own?
1: Um, I think it was mostly what I did on the, on my own. It was something they were supportive of, but Mm -hmm. not in a, yeah, you can make a life Mm -hmm. out of this Mm -hmm. kind of way. My parents didn't go to college, Mm -hmm. so that was a very big priority for them that Mm -hmm. became a very big priority for me. And there was never a, (laughs) it's funny, like people set their benchmarks for success, essentially, Mm -hmm. right? Or... I don't know that's not even the right that's not exactly the right term. I'll put it this way, like I was one of those kids who knew I was going to college mm-hmm. had no idea what was going on after that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to get a career. Right. Cool. Okay. Almost what good. do you want to be? Yeah. I don't know. Doctor sounds great, right? You know, that <laughs> sure. Right. <laughs> yeah, so I don't I and and really that's probably why I'm in the position I'm in now. I never mm-hmm. really chose.
0: I never really <laughs> chose what I was going to do. So this was your own thing. This was kind of the beginning of exploration for you. Um, I feel like there were two very
1: different worlds. And especially after I went to school, Mm -hmm. that that's when there was just a barrier between me and both sides of my family that Mm -hmm. that I guess I just, you know, I just couldn't connect with them Mm -hmm. or didn't want to or whatever it was or didn't have the time to or who knows. But, you know, even now, my parents have retired and they've moved to Myrtle Beach. And so really mm -hmm. they're out in Myrtle Beach now, which is very good for them. But there is some family here that I, I haven't connected with since mm-hmm. they've been gone.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll give you an easy out on that then. Okay, great. Um, Thanks. So does that, in some ways, you know, again, I know for me as a kid, um, I, I got involved in, with theater um, in a serious way in high school, kind of the same. And I think one of the things I always found was this is my second family. Yeah. Your community. Are, yeah. And these mm-hmm. are the people that are coming together because we have affinity and not just because. Did you and do you still kind of find that comfort, that community? And was it an immediate sort of, ah, these are my people? (laughs) Well, you know, especially in
1: high school when I started that, Mm -hmm. when I started that club, basically I was like, okay, my people,
0: (laughs) I have started a thing for us. Come on, people. A symbol. (laughs) (laughs) So a little little family and a little bit the Avengers. uh, Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
1: Good cross between them, Exactly. So, yeah, so those those were those were my close friends in high school. They were the people that I kept in touch with the longest, mm-hmm. I guess I should say. And that was true in college. And it's funny because it's mostly true now, mm-hmm. except that now that that group is hitting a new chapter in their lives as far as having kids mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know and and just not giving the same amount of time to theater that they used to, I don't. I don't see them and I don't have them as much. So it's become a
0: little weird. Babies have destroyed so much good art. They really, <laughs> they really it's have. true. And
1: not just with crayons. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I hit that age more or less right about the time I moved here, actually. Really? So I had both the new place thing and I, I grew up, you know, I was born and raised in the same house. So I did not have great coping skills for new places. Wow. Um, so new place, and then all of a sudden, it, as soon as I... It seemed like I got here, and the next day, everybody had babies. Right. Okay. You know, so I've kind of tended... To, that was one of the great things, I think, when I first met you guys. I'm like, all right, they're younger. They're not having babies yet. This is great. These are my <laughs> people. So I was either hanging out with people that were, you know, like 10 years younger than me, or people that were like 30 and 40. Like, they had the kids, got rid of them. Not in a nefarious way, but, you know. <laughs> Natural, right. yeah, they'd moved out into the world. Yeah, well, we've thrown a few baby showers for our close friends, hmm. but
1: secretly we call them going away parties. <laughs> <laughs> it's and like, say, okay. kill is that
0: <laughs> black bunting around the windows? What <laughs>
1: I'll see you in 18 years,
0: yeah. So, continue on the timeline thing, okay. Um, high school, you're already <laughs> have this nascent, both artistic thing and a little bit of a control freak thing going, right? So, when you did go to college, where did you go, Kenyon? And you studied? Theater and English. Okay. Mm -hmm. So maintain, you didn't get sidetracked by the potential medical career or anything like that. There wasn't a whole lot of that available at Kenyon. You know, it's a, uh,
1: (laughs) it's a basically a a small English town in Ohio. Yeah. Right. Where everybody writes, you know, that's, that's why we're there. Uh,
0: So English and uh, theater and English. Mm -hmm. While you were there, did you, did you, I know for me, I, when I got to to school, I changed majors a couple of times because partially out of discovery. You know, you go along and you're like, that? You can study that? Are you serious? Right. I'm going to take that class. And then you're like, you know, you're 19 years old. So it's like you're either seeking out the usual 19-year-old things or you're just making rash decisions. Like, I just changed my major. Right. Really? You know, and then you tell your parents six months later, oh, I don't, I don't oh, yeah, do that no. anymore. But you stayed on that course. Mm-hmm. Did theater while you were there. Mm-hmm. I know that you went on eventually. You, uh, you and Stu co-wrote uh, the script for the film. Were you doing much playwriting at the time? You know, uh, the
1: the short answer is no. Mm-hmm. I took one screenwriting class in a mm-hmm. similar way that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, ooh, we offer that? Okay, right. great. You know, and Stuart was actually in school to be an actor. Mm-hmm. And so I think we both thought of the film as a vehicle for our other theater and film interests. Mm-hmm. Except that, that really didn't stick for me. You mm-hmm. know, Stuart went on to L.A., but... I kind of went back to theater because you know whatever.
0: The film that we're talking about, uh, F- Fake ID, which you started working on that before you guys were out of co- college or just after college.
1: While Stuart was still in college, and okay. So I, so I'm a year older, so I was oh, already right, out right. of college. Yeah.
0: And you and Stuart had known each other.
1: He went to the, he went to high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went to Country Day, but I guess we really only became friends. Our his my junior year mm-hmm. my junior year mm-hmm. of high school doing theater together mm-hmm. you know uh he had broken his wrist and couldn't drive so i ended up mm-hmm.
0: i'm sorry that's not funny but I,
1: I was like i'm giving this guy a ride so home i became so, Stuart's driver right and... and then we became friends and actually i think i became friends with his family first and, mm-hmm. and then became better friends with Stuart. But, <laughs> He has a wonderful family. He has a wonderful family. It's true.
0: You're you're pretty much the I, I, you can't even say unofficial. I, I I have a feeling like papers have been signed at some point, but you're a pearl in yeah. many
1: in many ways. There no there haven't been papers, but uh, Mark and Marcy have introduced me as one of their sons, and yeah. you should see how confused people <laughs> are.
0: They <laughs> <laughs> just don't know where I came from. So there's a lot of nodding going. Okay, okay, yeah. we'll ask later. Okay sure so you guys had known each other through high school and then somehow managed to stay in touch during college which i say somehow just because to me that's amazing i lost touch with almost everybody as soon as i left home wow was there kind of constantly this thing of oh we, we should do something or like, like where, where did the the genesis both of like you guys working together but also this film start
1: i think it all all right so we'd been doing this in high school mm-hmm. we'd been doing theater And my senior year, as we graduated, we thought, let's go audition for things. Mm -hmm. That's what people do in theater. They go audition, right? Outside of school. Outside of school. I know, right? So we went out and went to a bunch of local
0: auditions. Mm -hmm. And this theater scene there, I mean, Louisville's always been known for its theater, but was it pretty popping at that point? It was a lot smaller, but there were things going on. I mean, it's huge now. There, are ridiculous How many now. companies in this town?
1: <clears throat> I did, actually, I did a little Facebook um, count of companies. And, <laughs> and it was just a, like, hey, self-identify. Right. Or, you know, complete my list. And when it was done, there were 50 theater companies on there.
0: And these were just the ones that stepped forward and admitted it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Although there were some that I'd never heard of and have never heard of since. Mm-hmm. Well, I wonder if they were theater companies of the mind, and
0: uh, does, you know, does that not count? Those exist. But yeah. yeah, I mean, so this I, I pod- stick with fifty. This is a uh-huh. podcast of the mind. I'm never actually releasing these, so <laughs> I, I have a lot of respect for that. Great. Yeah. Um, so there weren't quite as many back when you guys were doing that.
1: Not that I remember. I remember. Well, I remember the one that we ultimately were cast, mm-hmm. um, and I, I'll tell you about that. But mm-hmm. I also remember Bunbury. Mm-hmm. Bunbury Theater mm-hmm. is still around and i remember we auditioned for it and they really liked us and then they found out that we were only looking for something for the summer mm. because we were going back to school and i don't think they were very happy with us i think they felt like we wasted their time and you know we didn't know there wasn't there wasn't a right. schedule or we don't know that you only produce in the in the fall and spring so and Has, then d-
0: does Jurgen still give you a little uh, you
1: <laughs> I, I doubt he connects the two things I don't even know if it was him you know mm-hmm. I'm sure it must have been because it's always been his company mm-hmm. but I, there were a few people there so who knows who I got the vibe from
0: if I can ever convince him to come talk to me I'll ask oh yeah I will yeah I will <laughs> do you remember
1: summer of 97
0: that was him oh <laughs> dead to me <laughs> so you guys did all the auditioning uh-huh. and did you, did you actually do anything out of it or did you just raise expectations? No, we did. We ended up doing a
1: show at Iroquois amphitheater, <laughs> not as part of, cause there was whatever, whatever it was called at that point, it's had many names, but there was a Broadway mm. at Iroquois mm. thing you know, musical theater mm-hmm. Might be Musical Theater Louisville was there. I can't remember the exact... Talk about a difficult time frame. Or timeline, rather. They they went up and down. But I think we auditioned for that. But there was a woman who was self-producing a show there. And she was actually the person who cast us. That's mm-hmm. Mari Mateus. Mm-hmm. And she was a professor at U of... Uh, professor, sorry. She was a teacher at Y-Pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... So we fell in with
0: this group of theater people. <laughs> but in a whenever, way, whenever you talk about getting, you know, like theater people coming together, it always sounds something like, you know, like when a crime group, oh yeah, like a bunch of wastrels who are out to do a heist, you know. <laughs> exactly, um, it's because it, yeah.
1: sure, yeah, it's Ocean's Eleven. It's yeah, <laughs> Avengers, Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> we have quite an opinion of ourselves as we group together. Right. Yeah.
0: So you found yourself falling in with a, <clears throat> a bunch of nerdy with a wide
1: pass crowd, and you know, of course, that is a uh, that is th- those those kids are far more focused mm-hmm. on theater and dance and mm-hmm. performance as careers because mm-hmm. that's why they're at that school. And you know, having moved having moved here and gone to high school and basically the reason I, I went to country day was because my parents had lived here during busing and mm-hmm. you know, during the first busing and riots and whatnot mm-hmm. and like, and so they were like, you're not going to public school. They didn't even look at it. Right. Right. And so I had no knowledge of these places. I didn't know there was a youth performing arts academy and no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we fell in with this crowd and I think that is where if, if anything clicked for us to professionalize to, to follow it in a, in a sure. way. It was the influence of these people who
0: were doing it. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. They're doing it. That And that's still something that impresses me. I, I do some accompanying for the dance department over there. Yeah. And uh, there is a... I, I love the fact that there's sort of a matter-of-factness with those kids about how you do things and why you do things. Yeah. You know, it's not quite as fame-y as... You know, a lot of people. Oh, they're just dancing in the halls, and they're you no. Know, these kids are pretty focused. It's just like you know. Glee. <laughs> now, see, that says something a lot about our generational divide mm. here. For me, mm-hmm. it was fame, fame. Glee. No, um,
1: Glee is not my generation. That's, no, that's true. That's just me that's being. True. I uh, was being nice, being immature.
0: Yeah, I, it's okay. That's okay. <laughs> uh, actually, I, I, right as I said, I was being nice. I look to see if there's any gray yet. I don't see any. That's no, good. That's amazing. Yeah, you've earned it. I mean, for whenever, if yeah. ever. I, I, So speaking of earning the gray. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that shaped kind of your, your idea, not only I guess of of professionalism in the sense of seriousness, but also the, this is something I can do. Right. Yeah. And so you, you fell into the, the just awful writing pit that, (laughs) that is kidding. When you graduated and that was ninety. That so, um, that was so high school was 97. Hmm.
1: And oh, okay, okay, yeah, oh, so yeah, it does make
0: sense th- with the timeline. That, that's why we got that's that.
1: why I get confused, is those four years just conflate, yeah, basically into a movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's
1: the only way I remember things. Is if I make a movie about them, everything you know, else
0: blurs. It's it's important, it's kind of like the people who have the babies, uh huh. You know, they think of oh, that's when little jimmy was born oh yeah you know yeah. oh so, how old was he oh, he was five. right mm-hmm. it ceases to be about them so you have in some ways the same generosity of spirit and compassionate love that a parent does yeah it's just not for people it's just not for people yeah, yeah. so you you and stewart um had kind of remained in touch through college and the film project started then yeah was this sort of a this might be a point of contention who whose idea was it initially? Who would, what would he say? What would you say? I don't think either of us would would say. Oh, okay. I think it's
1: always been so intertwined. Mm-hmm. It's I'm I'm I was just laughing to myself a little bit too that my timeline has you know in, in talking about my timeline there's become another person in it. That <laughs> just you know it's just that's there. It's easy, you know that's him. So uh, yeah, I don't know I don't know which one of us thought it would be a good idea or a good story i you know i kind of think that stewart must have been the engine mm-hmm. behind it because mm-hmm. i would have great ideas and i wouldn't necessarily jump in and see them through without a little without a little prompting and, mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. so i imagine that he was the one who said yeah let's do this and i said oh right let's do it and then, you mm-hmm. know and then i was fully on board it's right, just, right, yeah.
0: right yeah i will say in hindsight which made for kind of an interesting uh presentation from you guys but i'm sure it made for a good you know personal as well as work relationship because that was one of the things i appreciated in working for you guys is you there was such a balance you know in terms of you both saw the overall picture but the different kinds of energy were coming from each of you in, in yeah. a in a just very complimentary kind of way not in a complimentary as in you were complimenting each other constantly right but the other form of complimentary. <laughs> because <laughs> I never actually saw you compliment each other. I just saw tension. Yeah. Fighting
1: on set. It was terrible. Fighting, tons of fighting. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was was uh-uh. there. There was ne- and and it's um it's interesting the way the hearing you talk about it and now having other experiences co-producing mm-hmm. or not that you know I'm well I'm very conflict averse to begin with, but I think that my, my my memory, my sense of it is that Stuart and I entr- trusted each other. Completely in right. that process, and, it, and to the point where, he, you know, he would say, "I think we need to do this," and I, you know, go for it. Mm-hmm. I trust you. You mm-hmm. know, that kind of that kind of relationship,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which it, is rare for two people just out of college. It's rare for I two think. people. I think. Well,
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, you're right. Honestly, yeah. Could could you, if you had to give a quick summation of the film, what it's what it's about, what it grew from? You don't have to do, like, the full-on elevator pitch version. You can be a little more expansive than that. Yeah. I
1: well, it, it, the elevator pitch was always one sentence. Mm-hmm. We, we, we got it, to, we boiled it down to one sentence. Mm-hmm. It was a, um, <laughs> but it was a long time ago. It was a good <laughs> sentence, but it was a long time ago. Something um, about a serious, serious gay, trivial gay comedy for serious straight people, I think, is what is what, what it was. And it was... Um, story of a man becoming straight in a gay world was the, the idea. It's mm-hmm. not the sentence. Damn. Mm-hmm.
0: It's so close.
1: Gonna find it. Um, but it, and we keep going back, you know, but it was initiated by the summer where we did the show at Iroquois mm-hmm. because that was the summer that I came out mm-hmm. and I came out to Stuart, And, and I think that's probably a large, that's probably a reason that we, stayed so close Mm -hmm. he was he was the person that knew you know and knew me best and I could talk to and you know and I slowly told other people but not for not for years in some cases Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and we both started seeing people from the show that mm-hmm. summer because you know you that's what you do in in theater you it's, it's one part art it's it's other getting laid you yeah, know yeah. that's the that's the that's the trade off and parties you know that's which is why people do it and i remember uh we thought that our story of these <laughs> this summer of weird double dates with these theater people became you know and and the <clears throat> the surprise of of me coming out to him were great we thought these were a great story and so we that's what that's what we based the the movie off of mm-hmm. and then it became these other characters that we created again somewhat from people who mm-hmm. were around and you know and somewhat just from what we thought we wanted mm-hmm. you know what, what 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 would work in in the in the in the movie and then we tailored it a little we tailored it to the people who we could cast you know mm-hmm and there was a lot of people from Syracuse and some local actors
0: did the Did the idea of who you were going to cast affect anything about the story, or they just sort of grew together?
1: We did make some changes later on mm-hmm. when we when we found you know when we would hear people read and and get a sense of them think that wasn't where we were going exactly, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. that works, mm-hmm. and maybe with a little bit of this this, this, it works really well
0: so two things. The time when you came out, it's amazing how quickly things have changed You know, in, in regards to acceptance. I mean, it's still hard. It's still incredibly hard for a lot of people. But, but just 20 years ago, it was still so loaded.
1: Yeah. And I feel like that was probably one of the reasons that we thought the story was, you know, so
0: interesting and so good. Mm-hmm. Right? Because mm-hmm. it was about acceptance, ultimately, mm-hmm. you know. Which was beautiful. I mean, uh, that's one of the things that I—that's I, one of the things I'll give you, in, both in terms of the story and also again the, the atmosphere that you created in making the film. Is it—it it, it pervaded all of it, the way you worked, what you were creating. To what degree would you say was it was it for you a long sort of accepting it for yourself before you could present this, or did you just kind of know and didn't seem prudent to tell anybody for a while? <laughs> I was a very sheltered
1: kid, mm-hmm. very sheltered kid. And mm-hmm. then you go to a high school where there are 40 people in the class mm-hmm. and you just continue to be sheltered. 40, yeah. you know, I'm 40 mostly very privileged mm-hmm. people who are already a little bit, you know, out removed from the day to day. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's true. And, um, and so you just remain sheltered. And I don't even think I had, like I didn't have a perception of what being gay was for a long time. Mm-hmm you know, and, and that's, so,
0: yeah, uh, just to digress, to me, that's one thing that doesn't get talked about that much, I think, or at least I don't hear it. Um, people talk, like you hear a good bit these days as, as it's, you know, it's part of the public discourse. I knew from, you know, when I was four that, I, that there was something different and blah, blah, right. blah, but there's so much discovery and exploration of identity going on in your teens mm-hmm. for everybody. Mm-hmm. We have no idea who we really are hormonal impulses are driving us a million different directions at once. Mm-hmm. So in all of that, you know, the idea that you were trying to find clarity about something that you found in yourself that was at least different from most of the people that were around you, at least as far as anybody was saying, you know, that adds that extra layer of, yeah. I, 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 I don't think it's ever as clear as so often people try to make it in a public narrative, you know? Mm-hmm. So you were saying though it, Definitely. you didn't even know what that was. Yeah, yeah, I didn't
1: have a frame of reference for that. You know, and as far as exploring my my identity at the time, mm-hmm. I very much was also dealing with not fitting in in this place, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. and not having any resources for it, and not having old friends to talk to. Like right. Yeah, and 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 I always say about Country Day, it was a great education. It was the wrong social choice for me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. not where I should have been right. for that. Um, so yeah, so there were a lot of things compounded on that. And, you know, and even I think back, I'm not even sure that I I really had a clear understanding of being gay when I decided I was. (laughs) (laughs) Which actually, that's probably true of a lot of people, come to think of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know I really had not thought through the ramifications of being straight when I decided. Yeah. No. I didn't know what I was getting myself stuck in. Uh Really. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. How difficult it would be for you to be fit and fashionable.
0: You, you manage it very well. Though. Lucky <laughs> you, you have a lovely wife who will help you with. It. She's been great, so yeah. supportive. So all of this is happening, I, I, you know. Uh, to get to get back, I guess, to, 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 to the line we were going with this. You have your own struggles and all of this, but you know, right. on through this is your, your your young human being trying to figure out, you know, who am I? What am I going to do next? Oh, career? What the hell is that? So you at some point in there, make a decision to kind of pour a lot of this into this, this first sort of big grown-up work. Yeah. Grown-up in the sense of like, I'm out of college, and now I'm going to do something. Yeah, And you go into creating what will be the film fake ID. Mm-hmm. You guys are writing this back and forth, right? Mm-hmm. Kind yeah. of, a lot of it was written
1: Oh yeah, across yeah. the wires, as they oh, used yeah. to say. Yeah. yeah, I'd send him scenes. He'd edit, go back. We'd talk about them a little bit. Mm-hmm. When, we, when we were together for breaks, we'd have writing mm-hmm. sessions.
0: Yeah, that <laughs> kind of thing because of your your own stuff both you know the creative creative identity as well as the rest did you did you catch yourself at moments going this really happened to me I really want this in here so you know I, let me see how I can make this work narratively or did you do the opposite did you did you find yourself like eh it doesn't work for the story <laughs> i don't care how important it is to me you know
1: i think there were things that i mean inexperienced writers, Mm. you know, really, really looking at it more as a vehicle, um, for other things. Mm -hmm. You know, if I, if I tried to write a similar story right now, it wouldn't look, yeah, it wouldn't look the same at all. It'd be the same. It could be the same story and it wouldn't look the same at all because Mm -hmm. there were definitely pieces that locations and themes that we stuck to
0: that didn't help us. Didn't Mm -hmm. help the story, Mm -hmm. you know, no idea at the time one of the things i found really interesting about that project and and i don't want to continue just to dwell on that project just because i i knew you win but um one of the things i found really interesting was having at the heart of it a character you know before there was even the phrase flipping the script you guys flipped the script having a character struggle with identity by being an actually a straight guy who is trying desperately hard to be gay yeah um did that develop was that something that pre-existed the script? Like, was there that guy, or was was that just something you went? Oh, you know, it would make this really interesting. Yeah, that
1: was that was that was the this will make it really interesting. Okay. How do how do we approach this? Mm-hmm. How do we get inside of it? Mm-hmm. That was where that came from. Okay,
0: so you guys made the movie. Mm-hmm. Since then, and I, and I I have a hard time with the timeline since then because I know, not too long after that was when Stewart first moved west, or was it east first? East went okay. east first, went to New York. Yeah. And you guys, there was the aftermath of the film, whatever that turned out to be. What was the next thing sort of for you? Like, what was the beginning of, gee, now I really have to start working on this whole, the, the, mm-hmm. the ongoing notion here, career thing? Yeah. What was, what was sort of your first, mm-hmm. well, the, what was your first I'll big say, boy job?
1: I'll say, well, you know, I don't think we're quite there yet. But, oh, okay. Um, good, good luck for your future success. Yeah, thanks. I actually went to New York too.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, right.
1: Yeah. I forgot that but again, no idea, you know, mm-hmm. Stewart had gone to a school where they taught you how to write a theater resume. Mm-hmm. And like, and so I was learning these things about the industry secondhand mm-hmm. from him and his friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I basically went up there and went into a whole lot of debt. <laughs> you know, that's what I went and did. There's that part of it. But then there's also, I did meet some great people who had me um, assistant direct mm-hmm. for them mm-hmm. and And learned a whole, whole lot that I still use Mm -hmm. from, from those guys. And one of them, Timothy Douglas brought us, well, brought me back to Louisville and I assisted him on a Humana Festival show. Mm -hmm. Which is a pretty big deal. It's a pretty big deal. It was great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was great. And then I, and then I stuck around because I saw in this community, I saw in this community an opportunity to do a bunch of different kinds of work. That I wanted to do fairly cheaply.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it was and it's still somewhat, but it was really easy to get a space. You know, mm-hmm. you just walk in to the rud and say, Hey Ken, <laughs> what dates can I have? you know? Yeah. And and there you are, you got a show. And so I I stuck around to do that, and I had a couple of good friends um Well, I had one good friend from college and her friends who were coming to be part of the apprentice program at Actors Mm -hmm. the next year. So I stuck around and lived with them. Mm -hmm. And again, theater knowledge by proxy. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't an apprentice, but I went to everything I could. And Mm -hmm. I rang out and I listened and, you know, and learned what was going on. And basically, I think it was probably around three years in Louisville where I built up my directing resume, Mm -hmm tried a bunch of different ways to, to practice, Mm -hmm. got a sense of where I, what, why I liked theater, what I was trying to do with, with these stories and telling these stories. And then I think this was, this was the step. It was like, okay, I'm going to grad school. I'm going to take this leap. Mm -hmm. Um, This is, this is the way to become a professional. This is the way to become a
0: director as a career so you took the because uh, it seems like so often these days people go undergrad grad real life right instead of getting themselves informed a little bit yeah you know, yeah ab- about the thing really digging deeper so you go to grad school and you went so that's the thing mm-hmm. i didn't ever go you did never go i didn't
1: go i um i applied to three schools mm-hmm. um and i was in the last round for columbia and the brown trinity rep program Mm-hmm which that was what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, so amazing. So whereas Columbia was uh, 20, 30 people who got to that last round, Brown was six. It was one of six people. And they took us up there for a long weekend and like interviewed us. And, you know, we did directing projects on the fly, you know, Mm -hmm. like really trying to get to know us and if we were right for this program. And I loved the program because you would, you, you were required as part of it to take other classes, in, in disciplines at, at Brown. So mm-hmm. like you would, you'd be studying theater, but you would also pick some other, um, focus, mm-hmm. uh, that, that, you know, may feed into the art you're doing, but, mm-hmm. you know, would just feed you, feed you and mm-hmm. keep, you know I keep you from sort of getting those blinders and getting lost in a theater world,
0: you know, do, do you still think about going, going to grad school at some point just as a, I still want to do that for whatever reason? Or has <laughs> yeah. that ship sailed? Well, you know, that, God, you know,
1: when we think about applying, I'd be so much older than anybody else who was applying. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that'd be, you know, maybe they'd be like, yeah, awesome, hey.
0: What do they call it now, non-traditional? Non-traditional, Street, yeah. Yeah. I mean non-traditional. So, so. Finally. I
1: mean. <laughs> uh, would I go now? Yeah, I don't, I, I yeah. think not. Mm-hmm. I think not because I've gotten to a place where, I don't know how to pursue that career at 40 that it's a, you know, non-traditional, it's a joke in a way. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's a young person's game. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it's not, I'm sure it's not except that when you're young, you can live more, you you can live, uh, less. you can, you have fewer concerns. Right. Right. You know, no health concerns, possibly, right? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. And so you are mm-hmm. able to take those risks and go out there and do that. And I don't feel like I'm in that place anymore. Mm-hmm. So, so my, what I'd really love to do is uh, go to clown school. Really? Seriously. I would go to Doherty mm-hmm. in a heartbeat.
0: Ah, uh, oh, God. Take me with you. Okay, yeah. Let's I, do it. From childhood, and still to this day, I, I, I so hate... That there has developed this anti-clown sensibility in the U.S. Yeah, um, and I always try to tell people that's just one kind of clown that freaks you out, right? You know, I Not love all clowns. Oh no! When I was a kid, um, I'm old enough to, you know, where the little the little circuses used to come through town and, yeah. and set up in a field out by the airport, you know. And um, one of my favorite moments was always when their version of the sad clown would come out and do his routine. Um, and he did some variation, I think it's an old Emmett Kelly piece of sweeping up the spotlight. hmm. You know? Oh, yeah. It got me. It still gets me, oh, you know? Yeah. Or I'll see some uh, you know, video of uh, Russian clowns are still doing a lot of those traditions. Oh, really? And they're doing some just beautiful, beautiful stuff. And it's still just clowning. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah, everybody with the white face and the red wig creeped out. You mm-hmm. know, Thank you, Stephen King. Right, thanks for <clears> ruining <throat> that. Yeah, bastard. No, my partner's actually afraid of clowns. Oh, so, sorry. Yeah, that would be that would be a, a who tests the relationship. We'd have to figure out how I go to clown school. <laughs> Boy, talk about talk about. Don't bring your work home. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what is this red nose I found? <laughs> oh. <laughs> but in the meantime mm-hmm. before clown school for, before the dream so at that point you said you know you're all set for grad school that didn't happen so what was there a fallback plan or did you just sort of continue on with this is what i'm doing so
1: that was the point in my life where i no longer had any control over my life mm-hmm. so that was when i when i was going to and i went up to columbia too to um you know, similar process with them, I was having these headaches, these just debilitating headaches, Mm -hmm. but I was plowing through because Mm -hmm. I was going to grad school and I was waiting tables and I was, you know, and I was paying off debt and like I was doing, 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 doing. And that, so, you know, that's a cut to moth story. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Link to... Um so that's when I found out I was in kidney failure mm-hmm. and so then the next year and a half two years became about just managing that and working toward a transplant mm-hmm. and once that had happened
0: um once the transplant
1: once, the, mm-hmm. once I had the transplant then it was a matter of you know again going to grad school for this kind of thing is a young person's game I had to have health insurance. I'm on meds for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And like, and and they're expensive, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're expensive. So, so then I was like, okay, well, I'm here, get a job, get health insurance. Mm -hmm. And so I've been lucky to have like really good jobs in the 10 years since that happened. Mm -hmm. But I've never had the chance to step back again and go back to that place in my head where I was 10 years ago and try to say, you know, do, do you go back on that path? Is there a path that is similar or comparable or,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and so that's, that's where I am now. That's what I'm asking myself yeah. now.
0: That's a pretty big derail though. I mean, when, when some part of your body starts to turn against you like that, yeah. I, you know, that, that could change plans Yeah, pretty yeah. severely. I used um, to say I was going to grad school and my kidney said, no. And and because uh, not only is the information out there, but also I have a feeling the moth is trademarked at this point. We'll just do a, a, a quick thing, but like the 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 kidney that you found came from
1: came from my partner, came from my now partner.
0: And what was what was your, uh, your status at that point together? Was about a year,
1: yeah, about a year. But we'd moved really fast. We'd, sure, we'd gotten sure. really close.
0: Oh but I mean, God, most is... people say, we moved really fast, we had sex, really quickly. Not, we moved really fast, he gave me a kidney. He gave me a kidney, a, yeah. right, yeah. Maybe you were about to say.
1: Um, it's funny, uh, so I did not keep up with him, but he was also in that show in 97. <laughs> How ridiculous is my life? <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, no. And that was... So, you know, I met back up with him at a party. And the only <laughs> reason that, you know, I talked to him was because I knew him from before. And I didn't know anybody else at the party. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, hey. You know? And so that's... We started talking. We went on a date. da da da, da That's got nuts. a kidney. Yeah. yeah.
0: In, in the realm of love stories, it is both unique and oh, just beautiful. <laughs> but
1: weird. But very weird. But very weird. Very, again, timing. Yeah. You know? How, how do
0: you come into my life at mm-hmm. that point? And willing to do that yeah you know that's the thing that blows me away is both the you know one thing there's the, the obvious the biological compatibility aspect mm-hmm. of it which is always such a huge deal but also that willingness yeah you know uh diana and i have never had the conversation i'm pretty sure i'd give her a kidney Think. Mm-hmm. you yeah, yeah. yeah. you know that's at this point cool. if she'd still want it yeah uh, <laughs> i wouldn't recommend my liver to her because <laughs> <laughs> i think yeah. you're still good Um, But it's a huge thing. And you, uh, this is, I always say, I'm not going to be nosy, but you're you're here for me to be nosy. Yeah. You guys have been together now. 12 years. Does he ever give you shit? Does he use that as a leveraging point? You know, (laughs) I gave you you one.
1: We've we've only ever done it in very obvious jest. (laughs) Only ever very obvious (laughs) jest. we, we, We really wanted to call the transplant center on April Fool's the next year and say, hey, we broke up. We want... We wanna,
0: we wanna, he wants it back. Yeah, we, we, we want to <laughs> reverse this. How do we go about... So that happened. hmm And congratulations for all that stuff. Thank and you. again, for anybody who's listening, uh, do check out... Uh, is it out there? Is it yeah. just widely available?
1: Yeah, you can, you, can, you can find it if you Google search me for... Yeah. Yeah. Even, not even three hours, just once, you'd find it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Moth Gil Reyes. And it's, I think they called it Kidney and Commitments.
0: Okay. As the, as the pros say, we'll link to that in the show notes. Mm, yeah. Um, so that happened. That took you out of the, the path as far as, you know, got kind of everything, I'm sure for a while. Yeah. So when did you, when were you able to kind of dive back in at, I, I mean, life in general, but mostly as far as the theater work that you've been doing?
1: Uh, theater work started back up maybe two years after mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. you know, I got, got into my job, got you know, got my feet back, and mm-hmm. still had those friends and went back into it, still got, and so got back into it, and, you know, just kind of, I mean, really picked up where I left off as far as working with this company and that company, and mm-hmm. um, just doing things that I found interesting, um, working on a lot of new plays mm-hmm. with people, a lot of, you know, playwrights who are living here and wanted to, you know, get their work produced. Right. and <clears throat> and then it was maybe maybe a year or two after that when Amy
0: Attaway approached me and Mike Brooks and mm-hmm. said, let's start a theater company. Mm-hmm. Um, and your your connection to both of them had been for a good while.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'd known each other and worked with each other a lot in these other theater companies and mm-hmm. mostly the Necessary Theater. Mm-hmm. You know, We worked with them a lot. And, and so we'd, we got to know each other artistically very well Mm -hmm. and personally very well and that's when we we learned we had similar styles and interests and yeah
0: and and, uh, i I don't know if you said this so this is theater 502 that this became Mm -hmm. um which is uh which was basically started what year well we've already established how good i am with
1: years yeah but uh we're 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 finishing our Seventh season mm-hmm. now, and we were, and we sort of fast tracked to the first season. So it's been about six.
0: Wow, about okay, six years okay. since. Yeah, not very long. No, you know, but, I mean, kudos because you guys have kind of. I was talking to somebody about this recently. You guys have become sort of, just a basic part of the local theater fabric. Yeah, in the sense of you're you're just here. It, it, it's one of those. It just Haven't you always been here? Right. Yeah. Um what is, what is the niche that you think you guys fill?
1: So again, the, the, again, I always have a buzzword, right? I have a little phrase, right? Recent and relevant theater that mm-hmm. speaks to Louisville audiences and gets them talking. Mm-hmm. And what that meant for us was plays that were maybe three to five years old, mm-hmm. plays that had only had one or two productions. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of scripts out there that playwrights put out. They have a premiere and nothing else ever happens with them for mm-hmm. whatever reason. And sometimes playwrights want to revisit them. Sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. But there are good shows um, that weren't coming here because you know they, we have we have companies that do the brand new mm-hmm. um, and do it very well. You know, Humana Festival is great, and we have companies that do more traditional, and they do the musicals and they mm-hmm. do them very well. And so those audiences were here, mm-hmm. and we thought there was an audience for these two.
0: Which is proven to be the, kind of the it's case. It's proven to have been the case. Yeah,
1: yeah it's true. But it also has, um, and then I should say the other part of our mission was really uh, growing Louisville talent. Mm. And so both of these both of these parts of our mission have come to bite us on the ass. <laughs> <laughs> How so? Well, <clears throat> I'm glad you asked. Uh, so um, we found, especially in the last couple of years, that... The types of plays and playwrights that were new to Louisville when we came on the scene Mm -hmm. are being produced more widely Mm
0: -hmm.
1: by other small companies in Mm -hmm. town. And that's awesome. You know, more of this work is being done, but that also means that we no longer have that niche that Mm -hmm. you know or not even have we don't we don't need to fill it Mm -hmm. anymore and mike and amy and i always said you know we didn't we didn't want to start a theater company you know we wanted to do the work and we were here Mm -hmm. and doing other jobs and settling down and so this was how we were going to go about it so there's that and then as far as the training aspect goes i feel like very like many, many of the people that we started working out, working with, um, have gone on to bigger cities and um, commercial production, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they just—they're not available to they keep do. They leaving. Yeah, they're not available to do theater with us anymore, and so it's—it's it's one of those. Wow, that's wonderful for you. <laughs> <laughs> But so we're being very intentional right now mm-hmm. about not using not casting the people that we 've always cast mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. taking a chance mm-hmm. on some actors that we don't know mm-hmm. and you know bringing in some people we know and um helping you know see if they want to do this with us in a more mm-hmm. um and, you know in a larger in a larger realized sense and just uh really become part of theater five o two
0: yeah. I saw Nobody Bunny. Yeah. Um, which was fantastic. Thank you. I have to admit, going into it, the, and you guys had such a hard time, I'm sure, trying to figure out how to market it. Yeah. Because how do you sum that up? And I mean, because, you know, it's, what is that, I guess, considered the, they call that the Silver Age or, or the early, you anyway, early ages of animation, mm-hmm. sort of that uh, Fleischer Studios era, early Disney, all that. Yep. Um, so you've got this, you know, struggling. Artist, who happens to see the actual physical embodiment of a rabbit's trickster god, um, who thankfully was not reminiscent of Donnie Darko. I'm glad it didn't go yeah. that direction. No. But um, and you know, hilarity ensues. But I mean, that doesn't really get at what happened in the play. It was it was that was a tough sell. I was I have to admit I was hesitant. Sure. And then I thought, well, okay, I trust Gil. I kind of trust Eli, sort of. You know how Eli is. <laughs> I he know, did. yeah. I mean, mostly. Uh-huh. No, but I mean, um, what a great show. Thank um, you. Really well cast. You know, talking about the, the the problems there. I mean, so many of those actors I had not seen before, but wow. Yeah. Um, but isn't a big part of what you do, though, like, you know, you talk about the, the niche that you guys are trying to serve and the possibility that niche is now being over, not overserved, but well served. Right. Um, there's still a sensibility, though, that... You guys bring, in general, I think, and you especially, people talk about you know the authorial voice or whatever. There's the directorial voice, though, yeah. I and mean, that's one of the things I really appreciate. I, you know, this is not the part of the podcast <clears throat> where I now blow smoke up your ass for you know the next five <laughs> minutes, but I know for me, as much as I still admire and appreciate you know say what what uh, actors does, um, there seems to be a lot of very straight theater going on in the world these days. Mm-hmm. And by straight, I just mean, you know, very realistic mm-hmm. material um, done very realistically. Um, and sometimes I almost have the feeling of, I think this play could be done better just, you know, on TV almost. Sure. In a weird way. No, yeah. Um, and now I admit, my, my taste skews odd. You know, that performance studies background for me, just, you know, those years in college really messed me up. But <laughs> I love the fact that you guys tell stories about real people, Sometimes in odd circumstances, mm-hmm. um, but you you allow that world to open. You sort of let the. It seems like you guys are more than willing to let the barriers fall down between real and real, surreal, mythological. In yeah. the case of nobody, for you is that for you is that like intentional? Is that just sort of is that what you are about or love or is it just sort of that you've been serving the material? Um, at in the first couple seasons, it was very, very intentional.
1: Mm-hmm. Everything we read had to have that element of that element of magical realism to it, you know? And and we wanted to tell these stories, but you no know, it's interesting what you say about, you know, these maybe could have been better on television, mm-hmm. right? I feel that way about I, I, I hear that about um what you're the the types of shows you're saying, the mm-hmm. straight theater that you're saying. And I also Um, there are also things that could never be done on stage, right? Mm Because they're just too, uh, you know, they just need so much of that fantasy element to them. Mm -hmm. And I like that in between, you know, because theater, you know, because theater is an experience. It's Mm -hmm. about the people in the room. It's Mm -hmm. about what's happening there. And it's about um, connecting, Mm -hmm. you know. But that doesn't have to mean that there isn't another world mm. in there. It doesn't. So, <clears throat> so I appreciate that. I think we, I think we do a good job of connecting real stories to fantastic situations. Mm-hmm. And, and then, like you said, it's become part of that voice of the theater company mm-hmm. and of my work um, as well. Yeah. It's, it's, it's part of the directorial voice. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And,
0: and I, I don't at all mean to be dismissive, even about relatively straight theater, because you said it. You know, it's, yeah. it's the people in a space together that creates so much of that, that magic. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's you know really really straight stuff. Yeah, I o- I always think though it's interesting that a, a company that has a lot of resources that still does pretty you know stays mm-hmm. to fairly locked down sensibility. That's fine. That's, that's a choice. But like, I see you guys with. Not no resources, but you know they're very limited. limited. Yeah, <laughs> um, I see what you guys do in the barren, for instance, teeny tiny space, and you you create other worlds, other, yeah. Sometimes emphasis on the other, right? And I think we,
1: you know, I don't know. I think maybe larger companies with more resources could, mm-hmm. but we know we can take risks because right. we're small.
0: True, and then the, you can't—you can never deny the commercial aspect. More yeah. resources mean having means having to maintain,
1: yeah, yeah. a building, a staff, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yes, I'm not just just in case I ever need the access. I am not making fun of Actors Theater. No, the not at all. So that, that kind of brings us up to the to the present, I guess. Mm-hmm. And even though there's a million other things, d- does that sort of in your mind bring us up to the present? I mean, Theater Five Hundred Two is alive and well.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and at least as far as you know, or at least as far as you're willing to say on recording, everything's good.
1: Yeah, it it, it is. We are, like I said about our mission, Mm -hmm. you know, we've, we've, (laughs) I'm not going to say mission accomplished, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that there's an element of that. And so there's, there's a little bit of an opportunity here to go back Mm -hmm. and say, well, what do we, what do we do now? Mm -hmm. You know, do we, do we, do we continue to do this and do it well? Is there something else that we're interested in? Mm -hmm. And we're at a point where you know, Amy. um, Well, I should. So Mike has become. uh, He was very involved with Stage One. Mm -hmm. So he, um, you know, he left the company Mm -hmm. to focus on other things. Mm -hmm. Um, Amy is now. She's still involved, but she's the uh, associate artistic director at Kentucky Shakespeare. Oh right, right. Yeah, Yeah. and and (laughs) talk about a very different kind of you know theater. Mm -hmm. She's she's always been new plays. She's like, I can't believe I'm doing Shakespeare. but she's doing it well. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so, so there's, and all the actors who are moving on, who Mm -hmm. were such Mm -hmm. a a staple. So in the same way, we're being intentional about new actors. We're being intentional about new, um, directors. And, and part of that is making sure that they have a connection to the work and that they want to tell these stories. Mm -hmm. So, in that sense i think over the next couple of years the style will begin to morph mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's not going to i i don't see it changing radically these are people who are bought in mm-hmm. on the type of work we do and have their own things to bring to it and i think it's a great i think it's a great opportunity and a great thing when a theater company can transition i could st- i could stop with that sentence you know it so many people do not do that and don't go back mm-hmm. and um, reevaluate and, and create something that can move on without them. Mm-hmm. And not that I'm not that I want to leave, not that I plan to leave, but if, if. I did, mm-hmm. if I went to clown school, um, this thing would still continue mm-hmm. because we've done some good stuff and we've made a contribution to the community. And I would want to see that um, as a bedrock for mm-hmm. what happens next.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's where we are thanks for doing this no thank you for coming in and you did not take that much prompting no once you got me going you you did a good job you did a good job (laughs) thanks gil thanks paul